you Yeah, yo There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here by that I'm behind you But always got you, end the discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, hopping down, cause feeling's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all. Welcome to another episode of Dad Is Not A Now, changing the narrative for men of color and fatherhood, as well as changing the narrative on the things I care about. And today what I care about is what you just heard was a, a YouTube video that went viral. It was a joint that John Legend put out. People put their kind of spin to it. And my guest today, father and son uh, duo, brother Rick and his son Javier, did they thing. John Legend was impressed by it, put it on his social media, and the rest is history. But they've been doing this for a while, so they're not like newbies to it. So they've been doing it for a minute, and I'm truly honored for them to um, come on to the show. Brother Rick and Young King, Javier, thank you for coming on the program. How you guys doing? And my main question is, how's your heart? And the reason why I ask that question, how's your heart, because I'm all about mental health. And as men, as black men, I want us to be vulnerable and be able, be willing to open and share, whether it's positive or if you're going through some stuff. So my main question is, how's your heart today? Uh, first of all, you know, we want to just say uh, we appreciate you for reaching out to us, man, and inviting us to be a part of uh, Dad is Not a Noun. Um, we're, we're very grateful. Um, my heart. My heart is my heart is righteous, man. My heart is righteous. Um, you know, I believe anybody that listens to my music know I believe in the Bible, and that's really all I, I live by. And according to scripture, the heart is the mind, and my mind is a righteous mind. You know, my heart is full and I'm grateful. That's awesome, man. Javier, how's your heart, young king? 
Nice, nice. I love that. And I, I, I'm going to put this, I'm going to pose this to you because you're a man of faith, right? What does that, what does this saying mean to you? Walk by faith and not by sight. What does that mean to you as a father, as a husband, as a man, as a black man? What does that saying mean to you? For me to walk by faith and not by sight is I walk by I walk according to what the book has already laid down. I don't believe that it missed anything. It foretold a lot of things and there's nothing lacking. So um, to walk by faith is I'm walking according to what I can read and understand and not according to the things that I see, because the things that I see sometimes makes me mad. And I, if I, if I walk by my sight, right, the things that make me mad, then I'm going to set a bad example. I'm going to set a bad tone for the rest of my house. You know, I'm the leader in my household. Jesus has put me in the position to lead my family, my son, my wife, my daughter, uh, my family in general. Right. And as a leader, everything that I do is put on display. And now that we've gone viral, even more so. Right. So to walk by faith and not by sight, I'm only walking according to what he said is right or wrong and not according to how I feel and according to the things that I see every day. That's powerful. And young and young King, uh, Javier, uh, what are you, what are your thought process on that saying? You know, being a, a, you know, before you become a mentor, you have to be a protege and you're the protege. So what are, what are your, um, your thoughts of that saying? What that mean to you? Um, I mean, To walk by faith and not by sight. What does that mean to you? To listen to God. How do you apply it to your life? Oh, um, do what God say. And whatever he says leads you to righteousness. That's awesome. And, you know, everyone has a journey. So talk about your journey to where you're at right now. Like, have you always had this faith or was it something that you kind of grew into because I saw that previous interview you did, which was an amazing interview, where you was raised, you were born in Illinois, but you became a man in Minnesota. Yeah, so yeah. break that down for me. So um as you stated, you know, I was born in Illinois, raised in Springfield, Illinois. Um and as a teenager, I got into I'm not gonna say a little bit of trouble. I got into a lot of trouble and my mom was like, you know, the best thing for you is to send you to Minnesota, Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, not too far from Minneapolis for those that don't know, uh, to send you to Minnesota with your dad. She was like, basically, I've done all that I can up to this point, her and my stepdad, right? And shout out to my mom, my stepdad, my stepmom, my two dads and my two moms. I don't believe in steps. I believe yeah. in moms and dads. So shout out to both my moms and both my dads who are very influential in my life. But uh, she was like, I got to send you to Minnesota with your dad. Uh, the things that you're doing, the uh, the trouble you're getting into, it's best for me and best for you if I send you to your dad and give him the opportunity to do what, I'm not going to say do what I can't, but do what I refuse to let her do for me. Mm. So as I uh, once I went to Minnesota, I moved there when I was 16. So I was just getting into my teen years where I was starting to become who I was going to be for like at least the next five to 10 years. Uh, so I moved to Minnesota with him. And uh, when I moved there with him, it was a major lifestyle change 
because he had to, he couldn't do exactly what my mom was doing because I wouldn't allow it to work for me. Okay. Right. I almost said it didn't work, but it does work if you work it, but gotcha. I didn't allow it to work for me. So my dad had to change some things. He had to strip me down from a mm. lot of things because my mom, she didn't spoil me, but I didn't, I wasn't in lack. Right. Like my story isn't, I came up in the struggle. I right. know about the struggle. I came up around the struggle, right. but I didn't come up in the struggle because my mom and my other dad, they made sure that we didn't lack anything. And then when I moved right. to Minnesota with my dad and my other mom, we still didn't lack anything, but he made you work for everything. Right. So that's why I said, once I got to Minnesota, that's where I matured. So I, I grew up, I was born and raised in Springfield, but I matured once I got to Minnesota. My dad put me in a position to where it was like, I'm not coddling you. I'm, I'm going to make sure you have what you need, but anything right. you want, you're going to have to work for it. And the things that you need, you're going to have to put in work to make sure that you have some of those as well. So I was able to mature and eventually become a man in Minnesota. And that's why like, on the last interview, I said I represent both. I have to represent Illinois, but I also have to represent Minnesota. No, I feel you. So were your dad like similar to uh, Freeze from uh, Boys in the Hood? Was he similar to that? No, no, no. He had um, he had a very, very, very similar mentality. Right. Mm -hmm. But he acted differently the way in which he went about raising me and my brothers and sisters. It was a little different. Um, As we got older, like on Boys in the Hood, he was on him since he was like 12. Facts. You know, my dad. He gave us a lot of room to bump our heads because he knew that we would learn from those mistakes. So right. he gave us a lot of room to bump our heads. And as we started to actually become men, that's when he became like that. Listen, oh, he one of his sayings always was respect always wins. He said, even if you lose a fight, respect always wins. And those mm -hmm. are the type of nuggets that he used to give us growing up those are the things that he taught us as we were becoming men and you know at a young age you don't understand what that means but as you get older and then have kids of your own all of those things start to come back around full circle and it's like man now i'm teaching my kids the same thing respect always wins well in my case jesus always wins but you know <laughs> no i feel you on that man that's dope that's dope and then um what are some of the life lessons that your father taught you that you're teaching your, your children? Uh, some of the life lessons, like I said, one of the biggest ones is respect always wins. Um, but when it comes to what I'm teaching my children, I teach them to work for everything that you want. If it's given to you, then praise Jesus. It was a gift. Be grateful for the gift, but be also willing to work for what you want. My dad made sure we could have jobs. You weren't mm -hmm. going to live in my house. And I'm talking about, you know, some people's uh, parents don't make them get jobs. So they're out of high school. Some people's parents may not even care. But while we were in high school, my dad was like, y'all need some jobs. You want shoes. You want haircuts. You want to go places. You want to do things. You're not spending my money. My money is to make sure you have the necessities. You can make your own money and do all the other things that you want to do. But on top of that, your grades also have to be kept up. So that was one of the things that my dad instilled in me, not just my biological father, but like I said, my other dad, mm. he was the same way. They have a phenomenal work ethic, both of them. 
uh, and I was lazy for a while. But as I said, as I started to mature, I realized there were some things that needed to change because you can't be lazy and still claim you want these things, but not willing to do what it takes to get those things. So those are some of the same life lessons that I'm instilling into my children. And then even more so, there were some things that like uh, we grew up in the church, like my mom and my dad, my moms and my dads always made sure that we went to church. Right. But there were things that the church wasn't necessarily teaching, like they'll teach you about Jesus and things like that. And they'll teach you who he is. Right. But they don't always teach every aspect that he expects right. for you to serve him. So my parents couldn't teach me that because they didn't have it. But those are the things that I'm now instilling into my children. It's not always easy, especially coming from where I come from, because like I said, I didn't grow up in the struggle, but I grew up around the struggle. See, I right. grew up in the streets. I did all the same things that everybody in the streets did. The only difference was. I didn't do it for the same reason as them because I didn't necessarily need anything. I did it because I wanted to, not because I felt like I had to. You know, so therefore I became just as they had. And then after I got a little older and I didn't have my parents there paying for things for me, then I had to. Mm. So I got in it because I wanted to. Right. That's what I grew up around. All my cousins, my uncles, my dad used to sell drugs. So. I grew up around that type of stuff. So that's what I wanted to be. Right. And then the gangster rap back then taught, taught, kind of taught that that's who you needed to be if you wanted to have respect. So I got in, into it because I wanted to, but right. eventually I was in it because I ain't had no other choice. Mm. So, but that's once I was an adult. I, like I said, I didn't grow up in the struggle. I grew up around it. And then after I got a little older, I was all in the struggle, Jack. i feel you on that man you know just saying that that the streets you'll definitely you'll learn real fast from the street and it just just having like a great structure system to just pull you away from that say you you know you know what's going to happen if you do that right that's right and so that's good so javier man so um tell me um like what's some of the some of the life lessons you've learned from your father so far Stay out of the streets. What else? It gotta be more than straight out. Stay out of the streets. School. What else? <laughs> Don't be shy. <laughs> like what? What things do I get on you about? Like we sit and have Bible study, just me and you, because there are certain things as a man that you need to know, right? Like what are some of those things we've talked about? <laughs> what is my expectation from you? Look up. What is my expectation from you in school? Uh, be good. Be good. But what about school itself? What do you go to school for? To learn. What is my expectation when it comes to learning? To make sure you do good. Make sure you do good. What about how you treat others? Be respectful. That's right. Now, where do we get all of these rules from? School. No, where do we get these rules from? The things that I'm instilling in you, where do I get them from? The Bible. Go ahead, King. You're wise beyond your age, man, just to let you know about that. (laughs) You're very wise. Um, So let's get into the musical journey. Again, walk by faith and not by sight. When did you realize, like, you had a gift? When was that moment? Um, I realized I had a gift when I was about six. Mm. Um, 
we were my uncle was the uh the youth choir director at the church and like i said my all both sets of my parents always made sure we were in the church we didn't miss literally anything when it came to church once they were old enough to understand what how they wanted to raise their families right mm. so my uncle was the youth choir director and um his daughter was leading one of the songs and I was singing it at home all the time and I heard they told me I sounded good so I was like I want to do it so he let me do it and as I did it people started tearing up then the following Sunday when we actually did it other people started tearing up and everybody just kept telling me how good I was and that was the moment that I knew that I had a gift wow and then what came first the writing or the singing the singing came first ah hold on wait a minute <laughs> that's a good one uh, i guess the singing came first because i was only singing what i was told to sing but mm. the writing came so close to the singing once i found out that i could sing i just wanted to write i wow. wanted to be the next this and the next that you know so i started writing and boy was it horrible but i thought it was great <laughs> Do you do, do you remember the first song you wrote? Do you remember it by oh, heart? Oh man, it was Did I put you nightmare on prayers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, I was young, brother. It was called Nightmare Prayers. I can't believe I'm going back this far. So uh it was like these are the prayers of a nightmare. They call them nightmare prayers. I don't even know what the song was about, really. But no, I just remember that part. It sounds like a, a, a children's uh song <laughs> for Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my I believe that was my very first song that I wrote. And then it's just been up from there. And then like later on in life, when do you felt when did you feel like you 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 feel like this can be something serious? Like this can be like I can like seriously make money from? Um, when I was in Minnesota, when I got to Minnesota, uh, as I was saying in the last interview, right? My brother, he's mm -hmm. a year younger than I am. Uh, we both have the same mind when it comes to how we approach music, how we hear music for the most part, and how we uh, write music. Our similarities that, as far as what we like is very similar so the first thing they asked us they was like man we know y'all be rapping all the time like we didn't rap anywhere but just like amongst ourselves and they were like we want y'all to do a rap at church and we was like okay they're gonna let us rap at church <laughs> so we wrote the rap me him and another brother uh we wrote it and after that we started getting invites everywhere Wow. All the small churches and all the little programs, everybody wanted us to come to their church and rap. So we did. Sometimes we did the same song. Other times we would write different songs. And every time we performed, it was just like this big deal. These teenagers rapping about God. And man, it's just that's when I was like, man, we could really do this and make some money doing it. Wow, that's awesome. And then your brother was a part of a, a group, right? Yes, he was part of what was called the Soda Boys. Who came you up know? with that title? Who came up with that name? Now, that's a good question. I wasn't <laughs> part of the group. Yeah, 
Now, you know, they were in Minnesota. So yes. that's, that's how they came up with Soda Boys. But yeah, I don't, man, I would have to ask my brother that one, man. I don't know who came up with the name. But yeah, man, that was one of my favorite groups back in the day, man. I think I still got some of their CDs laying around here somewhere. They ended up moving out to Cali and doing their thing out in California for a while. Wow. Yep. The so, so has uh, heavy have has Javier hear any of the music from from the Soda Boys? <laughs> no. He he doesn't know that it's them. Okay. Yeah. I he, did everything yesterday. He heard. <laughs> he's heard their songs, but he didn't know that it was them he was listening to. Oh wow! Because I have some of their songs in my iTunes, uh, in my iTunes library, and every blue moon I'll think of one and I'll pull it up and play it. But he has no idea who it is because it just says track sing one, one, track two, stuff sing like one. that. Sing one. Sing one of their songs. No. Just no, <laughs> no, man. Yeah. You can't even answer his question. You want me to sing some songs? Sing some song. Go for it. Uh, let me post this post this question to you. When you listen to one of those songs, did that kind of bring some nostalgia to you? Like, oh, that's my that's that's my brother. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. It's no different than listening to the Jackson Fives. Not saying that they're as old as the Jackson Five, right. but yeah, it takes you back to a place that you were at the time when you first heard it, or what the things that you were getting into back then. So yeah, it's de it definitely brings back nostalgia. Well, you can't sing no Soda Boys songs on here. The Soda Boys was kind of dirty back in the day. Man. Okay, okay, nah, they nah. Got this... some, they got some real street songs, man. We can't. We can't nah, this, this is PG thirteen right now. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> and like again, going back to the theme, walk by faith and not by sight. When did you realize your son Javier had a gift? When he was about three, two, three. Like four, probably. Four is when you recorded your first song. Four. But I knew that you had a gift before that. That's why at four you recorded your first song. When? Well, you were running around singing around the house all the time. Especially Fat Albert. You sang everything that was on Fat Albert. That's dope. Yeah, so I knew he had a gift a while, uh, uh, a while ago. Like I say, when he was somewhere between the ages of two and three, since he could talk. Wow. Since he could, in his own mind, put together some melodies. Wow. That's when I knew that he had a gift. Now, I'll be honest. I'm not going to say I just knew he was special. Nah, I didn't yeah. know, right? I just knew he could be. And over time, he became what he could be. And more than like when did you realize that he can carry a note? Cause you know, there's you know, there's different types of singing. You got people that can sing, and then you got some people that can sing, sing. You know what I'm saying? Like when he was four years old, when he oh. did his first song, the first song that he done, I don't remember what it is now, but he was asked to record a song for a fashion show. And mm. they played his song as the people were walking on the runway. Uh, like I say, I don't really remember what it is now. It was so long ago. But yeah, that's when I knew that, you know, this might be something that he's very good at. Wow, that's awesome, Javier. So when you listen to yourself sing, what what comes to your mind when you see yourself when you listen to yourself sing? Do you like do you like say I'm good? Are you a little confident? Like you know what I'm good? Or you stay humble? Like, I'd be like singing the words in my head as I sing them out loud sometimes, and like. 
sometimes I'll be like encouraging myself while I sing. That's all. Do you think you're good? Yes. That's right. I know you're good. You're humble, all right. Indeed. That's right. And just talk about as a father, talk about that power of affirmation to your son and, and to your other kids, like that that power of that encouragement. Because you know, sometimes kids can kind of, can fall into that trap of like they feel like they're not good enough. But talk about that 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 power of affirmation. Affirmation is very powerful. Now, my form of affirmation is different than a lot of dads. Um, we find our affirmation in Jesus. So when things go left or seem to be going left, I remind you of who he said that you are. I remind you of what he said he can do. And I remind you of your position with him, which makes you better than where you think you are. Mm. You know, your obedience to him puts you in a position that only a few people will ever find. Right. You no, know? and I, I just remind them of that. You know, sometimes, and I'll give you an example. Like he likes to play his game. He used to play more. He doesn't play as much as he did, but he likes to play his game and uh he gets upset sometimes when he plays. Right. And things really make him upset. And sometimes I have to remind him that you are only as good as Jesus allowed you to be. But mm. the things that they are good at, who the, these guys that are beating you, there's things that they can't even do that you're 10 times better than maybe even their parents at. That's you right. know? And this is the position that Jesus put you in. And we're just going to be grateful for that. If he say you're going to get better, you keep on practicing and you will. If he say you're never going to get better, we'll just be content with knowing that he knows what's best. And that's how that's the type of affirmation that I give them. I just remind them of who they are. And who they belong to. And that's important. And I love that, man. And then also talk about what led you to get onto social media. Because you seem like a, a person that's not really into social media. Like you <laughs> kind of stay away from it. But what led you to do to do the social media thing? So um doing music nowadays, like I've been doing music a long time. And before it wasn't about social media. It was about getting the right connection, getting in front of an AR, letting them hear your music, and hopefully somebody will take you under their wing to help you go to the next level. That's what it was about, trying to do shows and open up for certain artists, which that part is still as important as it was, but it wasn't about social media. So with me coming up at a, in an era where social media was really only to socialize, I wasn't with the music social media movement. I only use it to socialize, but especially dealing with my nephew back here, with him being so much younger than I am, he like 14 years younger than I am. So with him being so much younger than I am, he sees things in a different way, mm. right? He sees things for his time that he's, the time that we're in. Right. Look, this is the move. People are getting famous from this and people are getting famous from that. So him and other folks that are around me like him, other folks that I call my nephews, they're like, man, uh, you got to get on social media. You got to get on Instagram. You got to start promoting your stuff on Facebook. How are people going to know about it? It's not like we're buying billboards and stuff, right? So right. that's what caused me to start moving a little more in the direction of social media with my music. But you hit the nail on the head. I am not a social media person. <laughs> like, if you notice, and you probably have, all you see 
is whatever I promote for that day. There's never any updates. It's not a day in my life. There ain't no whole bunch of pictures. I'm trying to get more into it because that is the new wave, but it's just not me. I'm trying though, man. I'm doing no, the best I can. But I feel you, man. But again, you know, being a father, you have to lead by example. And it's about moderation because we live Absolutely. in a generation where like social media is is like water. And the way everything is designed is to keep your attention. Like yeah, uh, yeah. any social media, like just the way the algorithm works and the, the notifications and how when you screen, go through your, your thread is there to keep you attracted to that than being a part of the, like enjoying the world that we live in, like being outside and speaking to your neighbors, like your neighbors is, is this. Unfortunately, but that's the reality. But yeah. well, I love what you're doing. It's like you're leading by example by teaching your kids about moderation. Yeah, you can go on social media, but just go on for a little bit. But do homework. Absolutely. Make music. Go outside and play with your friend. But like, Be just productive. talk about that. Talk about that. Uh, it's 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 very important for us to be productive, right? We are called as a people to go out and become leaders amongst men, leaders amongst followers. And the only way for us to be able to do that in the right way, we have to be productive. We have to, we have to do something other than this yeah. or this, yeah. right? Um, so yeah, it's very important that we are productive. It's very important that we understand some things have to, not just need to, they have to be done in moderation because there's other things that you need to do, right? They're like when, uh, I'll give you another example. When COVID hit, he spent so much time in the house on his game that it bothered me. Mm. But he really couldn't do anything else. Yeah. But we, we had all picked up all kind of extra weight, man, sitting in this house all the time. But it bothered me that his free time was his game system. Mm. So once things started to die down, it was like, go outside. I don't care what's going on. Go outside and play. And it became so regular that I was telling them, you need to go outside and play. That after a while, it was like, you need to come in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it teaches them to be productive and, and it teaches them how to deal with people. Yeah. Right. Because behind the screen, people are totally different. So true. But when you deal with a person face to face, then you can see them for who they are and you can deal with them for where they are. And those are skills that you're only going to learn by putting down the phone, getting from in front of the TV or from in front of your computer or whatever it is. You have to go out and be a part of this real world. And again, as I said, according to scripture, we're called to be leaders amongst men. The only way we can do that is to go out and become a leader amongst men. You're not going to do that on social media. That's right. You That's will look like you're doing that, but you ain't really a leader. Because what kind of leader would you be if you leading everybody to damnation? 
You leading everybody to destruction with what you're doing. Kanye is a leader, but what kind of leader is Kanye right now? I'm not saying he wasn't at one point great. I'm not saying he can't be again. But right, right now, what kind of leader is Kanye? He has a platform, and like I said the other day, whatever platform a person deserves, give it to him. It's freedom of speech. We have to be able to make a choice. If there was no evil, we wouldn't know what good is. So let everybody have whatever platform they're going to have, but you have to understand the, the difference between right and wrong, good and evil, so that yep. you can make the best choice, so that you can be as productive as you can be amongst your people, and in our case, be as righteous as you can be, so that in the end, you get a reward and not a punishment facts and i love what you're saying because what you're teaching your your your, your children is you're giving them learning lessons absolutely you know just like let them know, letting them know like between the difference between right and wrong because you know some kid like a lot of kids don't know the difference be between right or wrong like like i use the theory of the hot stove a kid's not gonna know the stove is hot until i touch it yeah yeah absolutely that's yeah. right. Some things kids don't know until they experience it because nobody ever taught them. Yep. Facts. And like, talk about when you started the TikTok and started the collaboration with your son, was it something that he jumped on or was it something it was like, like he saw you doing it and he's like, dad, I want to be a part of it. Or was it was like a, a mutual thing? How did that all come together? So when I went viral, uh, it was just a big surprise to everybody. Like nobody expects, nobody can plan to go viral, right? Yeah. So when I went viral the first time, it was just kind of like, wow, this this is interesting. Right. I went from 138 followers to like 50,000. So it was like, man, this is interesting. And he was like, excuse me, his, his biggest thing was, that's not fair. <laughs> I only got 2,000 followers. I've been on here longer than you. I got all these videos. That's not fair. So he went from that's not fair to, to I want to do a TikTok with you. And I kept saying, all right, I'll figure out something. And then once I figured out how we wanted to approach it, the rest is history. He came down. He recorded his verse. I told him how we going to do it. And we've been rocking and rolling ever since, man. It, like Javier, talk about your, your your process of like making that music, like retaining and like memorizing like the lyrics without reading it. Like, cause some people don't have that gift that you have. I know you're working on the writing aspect. I know that's gonna come down the road where you're gonna write your own stuff down the road. But just talk about that process of remembering things, just to remember it and just recited on just blast just like that well ever since i was a kid like my dad would play music and i would like listen to him for like one to two times and then i know like the whole song hmm. after that so when he writes like like he said in the um last one yesterday he was like saying when we make a TikTok, it's like like it takes like two seconds to record. But if we're making like an actual song and like we're release something, it takes me like it takes like three hours for me to get done recording. Because you're a perfectionist. I understand. You want to make it perfect. That's why it takes three hours. So I'm with you on that. I'm I'm team um Javier with this one. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 as a dad, talk about 
those because you're 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 making those real dad memories with Javier. Like talk about that. Like I I, I know you don't think about it now, but when he's in his twenties, like when he's in his thirties, these are like video photo albums of you guys together. So just, just, I know you can't see what's going to happen in the future, but just talk about like the, in the moment now that you create in these digital memories with your son, talk about, talk about um, that. So as you said, like you, you don't know what the future is going to hold. And I wasn't looking at it like we're making memories. You know, we kind of live, we plan for tomorrow, but we live in the now. And that's kind of how it is. Like we go into it and, and when we're doing it and what's on my mind is this is the now. We need to do this now. We need to record this video now. And then whatever happens now happens now. And if God allows us to see tomorrow, we'll worry about tomorrow. We got plans for tomorrow. We got plans for next month. We got plans for next year. But we have to live in the now. So it didn't really click at first that we were making memories until... Everybody starts saying these <laughs> memories, these memories. He'll never forget these moments. And I'm like, I mean, that's very true. I didn't look at it like he'll never forget these moments. And these moments will all be, always be recorded in history. So now that it is like that, it's great to continue to do that for as long as I'm allowed to do so. But I still don't really think about it because I focus on the now, you know, yeah. There'll, there'll be memories once they're memories. Right now, they're still so fresh. I'm grateful for them. I'm glad we got them. I'll never, I, I don't ever wish they would ever go away. But for me, it's always like today's a new day. What are we going to do today? I'm just envisioning, like, you know, when you're a granddad and uh, Javier is with his son and he's watching these videos of you. And like, yeah, yeah, this is me and my dad. Hey, like, that's gonna be an awesome, that's gonna be an awesome <laughs> thing, man. You know, because unfortunately, I like to say fortunately, unfortunately, right? right? Everybody don't have that opportunity because everybody doesn't have an active dad. Right. Right. But it's like I said, it's fortunately, unfortunately, unfortunately, because people deserve a dad. But yeah. fortunately, because Jesus knows best and I don't want to step on his toes by saying yeah. something I shouldn't say about his plan. Right. So, yeah. but yes, everybody don't have that opportunity to make those type of memories. So it's like, it's it's a pretty awesome thing when you mention it in that form. It's like, man, that's that's pretty cool to, to have a grandson watching you and your son doing, making those type of memories. And then they're not. I don't want to call anybody's memory average, but for lack of a better word, they're not an average memory. Like these yeah. are viral TikTok moments where hundreds of thousands of people around the world were watching. Yeah. And you, you're bringing happiness to a lot of people's life. Cause uh, again, I'm an advocate for mental health. Yeah. And those um, videos you're posting with your son is inspiring a lot of people through a lot of dark days. Like yes. one video puts a smile on a person's face that's yes. having a crappy day. They don't want to take top. They watch your video with you and your son, and it just changes their whole perspective on life because of that one video. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, It's still, I still get a warm feeling, right? 
whenever somebody comments, I needed this, wow. or you don't understand what I've been going through and this helped me. One guy, when I did the Dax video before uh, me and Javier started doing uh, our videos together, he was like, um, you and Dax helped me to stop drinking. I haven't drunk in X amount of months or X, right. X amount of weeks now. I always be grateful for you, grateful to you. And it's like, that's the type of leader that we'll, we're called to be. But it it's a blessing when you could actually see the fruit of your labor. Yeah. And I get it a lot. We get it a lot. People, oh, I needed this. Or you don't know what I've been going through these last couple of weeks or this last year has been hell for me. And, and, and the one that gets me the most, right? Because in my mind, I don't write sad songs. Right. But I write songs that people can relate to mm. in sad moments. Mm. So the one that gets me all the time is, I can't believe I'm crying right now. Wow. Like, I get that so much. I'm, I can't believe I'm crying. Or what is this water on my face? Like, that would be some, some of the funniest comments. But it's so many people yeah. that our quick little 30-second to a minute videos are touching in such a major way that they're actually crying because of what they're hearing and what they're seeing. Yeah, because they, they they feel that connection. Javier, what do you what do you feel like how you and your dad's music is touching people's lives? How do you feel about that? Well, I feel like it's like changing people's ways, making them stop thinking about the wrong stuff. And um, making people turn to the Bible. So they can go to the Holy Kingdom. That's right. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So let, let's talk about the um, what? Uh, let's talk about the John Legend um, uh, uh, retweet. Like when he retweeted it, I know you were very humble about it, but when you first saw that retweet, what was like? What was it like for you in, internally? Like, what were you thinking internally? When you um, saw that retweet? I was just grateful. Mm. Like it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't for me mm. what it was for everybody else. Right. I've had a lot of opportunities that I've missed. I've had a lot of opportunities that I've passed on. So when things like that happen, things that you want to happen, but don't always expect to happen. Right. Um, I just become very grateful. So when I first seen it, I think he had posted it like four hours before I seen it because I was working. Right. So I got off work. I went upstairs. And every time somebody reposted somebody bigger than us, so to speak, right. I always tell them, hey, Javi, so-and-so uh, reposted us. They duetted us. And he was like, oh, let me see. So we watch it and we're just really grateful. So when it was John Legend, it was like, oh, man, I didn't expect right. for John Legend to duet us, I was hoping he would, right. but I didn't expect him to. So when he did, I was humbled and I was just very grateful. But I try, it's very hard to excite me, right? right? I'm not, as they say, I ain't no spring chicken no more, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's different. 
What's that? What did he say? He said, what about the Chicago Bulls and the New England Patriots? Oh, yeah. You're talking about the Jordan days. You're not talking about this current Bulls. You're talking about the... Any, the any Bulls. Any, oh, I'm a Bulls okay. fan. I'm a diehard. We're like, like the game on right now. <laughs> oh, man. I appreciate you on the podcast because yeah, right now... So, yeah, so... As I was sitting here <laughs> before the podcast, I'm like, we're going to turn this game on. We're going to watch this game <laughs> until 8.15. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess when it comes to sports, I'm very competitive. So I get excited about that. But, like, opportunities, I get happy about opportunities. But I try not to get excited because there's so many selfish people out here that a lot of people, and I'm not going to say all, a lot of people don't genuinely want to help you. They just want to help themselves by yeah. using you. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying that was John Legend. So, John, if you end up watching this, my brother, I ain't saying that was you. Right. But because I've experienced that so much, it's hard to get me excited. So, well, I'll tell you when I start getting excited. When I see the numbers go up past 500,000 views or 500, like on his video, I think we're at like almost 800,000 likes. So we're almost at a million likes on his right. uh, repost. So that's when I start to get excited because it's like, all right, they really do like us. That's right. And then when those numbers go up, you know, TikTok, uh, Instagram, you know, you can start making money of it. Because I know some people that make $100 for 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 each uh, reel they post. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, so that time is going to come and then you're going to have that time when you're going to be on different TV show outlets and stuff like that, being on, sharing your story. So all that's going to come in doing time. Because again, your core has always been faith. Absolutely. So things are going to come, your blessings are going to come your way because that's your core right there. Yes, sir. You never go high, you never go low, you're in the middle. That's and it. Got to stay grounded at all times. And that and that's important too, man. Um, man, this has been a, a dope conversation, man. I can I can go on for another hour with you guys, just talking about everything. Um, but before we end this episode, tell me give me a proud dad moment you had of Javier. And Javier, I'll throw this question to you. Give me a a give me a, I mean, sorry about that. Greg, give me a proud son moment. And Javier, give me a proud dad moment. Wanna go first? We need to go first. Uh, I'll go first. My first proud dad moment is when my big cousin texted me and we seen him and he seen him on Google. That's when I was happy. Because <laughs> your dad's on Google? Nice. You're famous. <laughs> you Google famous. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I thought it would be when my when he cheered when I, I made the winning basket. It was on Google. <laughs> no. And what's funny is I was like, man, I'm not famous. He's like, Dad, only famous people get profiles on Google like they got you on there as an artist not just as your name 
He does have a point. And that's when I said, okay, maybe you're on to something. I didn't look at it like that because I've been doing music so long, you could Google me, but they have me now listed on Google as like they list the mainstream artists. Mm -hmm. So that's when they was like, you're famous. And I was like, I don't think so. I, I, <laughs> I checked my bank account. And it don't look famous to me. <laughs> I, I guess you got to check Wikipedia, too. You might be on Wikipedia. Maybe. I guess. I mean, at this point, you never know. I know one thing. Whenever you check, uh, whenever you search open verse challenge in any search engine, whether it be TikTok, Google, YouTube, you're definitely going to see us. And that's good. Keep that going because that's important to your algorithm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I created the hashtag Brother Rick because there wasn't one. But no. now you can hashtag Brother Rick and you're going to find plenty of stuff now. That's right. And I think you know the business side. You know the next step is to, to trademark Brother Rick. That's right. Before someone take it. Yes, sir. <laughs> sir. So a proud dad moment or a proud son moment for me. Um, I have a lot of them. Um, for me, mostly, it's when he corrects somebody in the word of God. Wow. Because everybody think they know. They don't always know. Everybody thinks they understand, but they don't always understand because the mm -hmm. book tells you how you study. Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, mm -hmm. there a little. So mm -hmm. you have to know how to study the Bible, right? Because it was written only to those that actually want to serve him. But at the same time, it says that it's a snare or a trap to those that want to use it wrongly. So mm -hmm. for me, I get very proud when somebody thinks that they know something and he's not facetious about it. Right. He's not aggressive about it. He's very humble. And he'll say, nah, that ain't right. This is what it is. And sometimes they'll be like, no, you're wrong. And that's when I step in and say, listen, let's go to Mark chapter 14, you know, and then I'll show them that he's absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. Those are my proud dad moments where it's like, okay, that's I I am teaching him what I'm supposed to teach him. And cool. I can see the fruit of that labor. I'll tell you another proud dad moment. No it, man. As far as the music goes, I feel so proud when he come in and drop a verse so hard mm. that I had no idea that he was gonna go that hard on that verse. Wow! I'm so excited. Like the song that we're uh, the the first song that we're dropping from our EP called Walking Dead. Shout mm. out to uh, 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 Flip the Track in Germany. My boy Flip the Track. He produced nice. it. Um, the first song that we're dropping from the EP Walking Dead. When he recorded the verse, now it took a while for him to do it, but when right. he got done, me and my nephew, we was listening to it, and I was like, hey, he snapped. I didn't expect him wow. to deliver that verse like that. Or mm. the first video we did that went viral. You better watch who you spitting that. I'm a big dog, you a kitty cat. Listen, mm. I did not expect <laughs> him to go that hard on that verse, so when he did, I was like, cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> something lit. I'll turn up, bro. And I turned yeah. up when I heard his voice, bro. What? <laughs> it was yeah. That went full MOP, Annie up on you. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. 
So yeah, we I got a few proud dad moments, man. But that's that's two good examples. Whenever he corrects somebody in scripture, because the only way you can correct them is if you actually know what you're talking about, right? Which means you're listening. And then whenever he come in and deliver a verse that I just didn't expect him to do, go that hard on, I just be like, "Yee, that's my boy." That's dope. <laughs> that is dope. Yo, man, this was a wonderful interview. Yes, Thank sir. you, guys. I appreciate you. Before we end this show, I'm going to give the last word to the nephew that's hiding in the back, the producer. You got the last word, man. What do you want to say to the people, brother? Or what do you want to say? Man, um, praise Jesus always, you know, without him, nothing's possible. This wouldn't be possible without him, so... That's that's what's really, up, man. Really, what that's, I have to say, man. That's all right. That's what's up, man. That's love, and we out. Like, subscribe, yeah. all that. Oh, before I go, how can people find you? Please go. So, y'all can find us on TikTok under Brother Rick. Um, I am Brother Rick on Instagram. Brother Rick on Facebook. Brother Ricky on TikTok. Cause somebody else took the name. I need. That's why I need to trademark it. Because somebody done took my name on TikTok. I mean, on Twitter. That's what mm -hmm. it is. So I am, I mean, Brother Ricky on Twitter. So that's where y'all can find us, man. Make sure y'all tap in. Uh, I do respond to a lot of my emails personally. I respond to a lot of the comments. Not all of them, because sometimes it'd be hundreds of thousands of comments. I can't get to them all, but I am very active on my social media. I don't post a lot, but I do respond a lot. So y'all make sure y'all go out there and check us out. And remember, at the end of the day, we love all of y'all and we mean that. Facts. And when does the, 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 the EP drops? Just stay tuned for the EP. We ain't got a date on the EP yet. The plan for the single, though, the Walking Dead single, uh, the plan is to drop the Walking Dead single before the 29th of this month. So All I right. gotta get on that. Um, because we got a show coming up on the 29th here in Bloomington, Illinois, at okay. the hangar. It's called uh Hip Hop at the Hangar. We'll be performing there on October 29th. The show right. opens at six, it's ten dollars at the door for anybody in the area that wants to come out and see us. This will actually be our very first performance since going viral. So We'll be out there performing, and the plan is to have that single dropped before the show, so that way people can know what to expect, and when they hear it at the show, they can go and download it right away. Dope, and it's gonna be on all like all streaming services, like all iTunes, everything. streaming services. Dope, dope. So be 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 out the look for that. Um, as soon as that come, please drop me that link. For sure, because uh, I will put that link in the description below in this interview. Because this interview is going to be on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get that is not a now. This interview will be there. And we're out. Peace. Thank you. Love. Blessings. We're out. All right. So for you. Yeah. Yeah. 
there whenever it matters And even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you Here by that I'm behind you But always got you End the discussion Nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders For what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world Until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever So don't ever you fret Know that you covered Not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you Fully loaded, prepare you For all of the above that I'm never letting get near you But still in all, give you every advantage I found Couldn't find a better fit for them, along with my crown And since the baton was passed, hopping down Cause feeling's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all My message to any dad, man, first off, know that yeah, it, it is a hard job But it's the greatest job in the world I wouldn't trade it for anything I wouldn't change anything about it Everything you're doing from here on out If it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.